Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Booker goes boom. Wasn't the greatest shooting night from Devin Booker, but it didn't need to be. A facilitator in every sense of the word. A point guard, you might say. Devin Booker, without Kevin Durant, without Bradley Beal, goes forth in the garden, Madison Square Garden, and hits a buzzer-beating, almost, still a second left on the clock, three-pointer to put the Suns up, 116-113, to a lead they would not relinquish. Matthew, the Suns have now won seven in a row, buddy, and they're 11-6. and Pretty amazing. You know, I was actually going to write down that Booker didn't make the need to make the big shot. He just made the big plays in the end, grabbing the offensive board for a second chance there in the end, and also close out on quickly on that three. I'm like, those are winning plays right there. But he makes the game-winning three, and he left a few seconds, a second and a half. And, you know, even Larry Bird used to do that, and he used to be so mad at himself. And I think that's why Book walked back to the bench, and he's just like, eh, I did it, but they still got one, 1.7 seconds, and I know right now Brunson is on a fire as well. And Julius Randle, I mean, Brunson mm-hmm. goes for 35 points. Julius Randle explodes for 17 points in the third quarter, ends with 28. I mean, this is a two-headed monster in New York that the Suns had to face. And the Suns, although they have a big three, uh, they've only played together a total of zero games. And through 17 games now, there has been seven games in which only one of the big three has played. And the Suns are 11-6. and six. So... Pretty impressive, huh? It's pretty impressive. It's it's yeah. it's it, it's it's a good feeling, that's for sure. When you know that you are without that firepower in Kevin Durant, and you can still pull off a victory because other members of the Suns a stepped up and b played together as a cohesive unit on both ends of the floor. And I think that that's one of the things that we will definitely be talking about in this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So we thank you if you take a little time out of your day to watch or listen to the podcast. We truly appreciate it. The best way to support the pod is by doing that. Just lending us your eyes and lending us your ears. Or you could be like Biscuits and the Bear in the chat, a $3 donation because Biscuits and the Bear donates whatever the winning margin is of the Phoenix Suns game to the podcast. That's a $3 donation today. Booker goes boom from Biscuits and the Bear. And I, I agree with that. And I also agree with what Creepy Crawley says. Matthew, you and I, we are a cohesive unit. Yeah. We're a unit. <laughs> Cohesively. Definitely a cohesive sure. unit. So make sure that if you're watching the podcast, you do a couple favors. If you're interested as as Christmas is coming up and getting a 10% discount on phoenixfits.net, just go ahead and use the promo code SUNSJAM10 to do so. And Brightside Night is coming. The Suns versus the Kings on the 16th of January. If you'd like to donate and send a kid to a game, go ahead and visit suns.com slash brightside in order to do so without further ado i'm popping it's it's been a long five days off from work long five days off put up christmas lights today found mold in the in the in the wall it's a day but you know what suns win so pop them if you got them suns fans let's talk about this dub win by a final score of 116 to 113 as new hope manny says we just beat the villanova knicks a team that has plenty of former members of the villanova wildcats jalen brunson josh hart others but that brings me to my first question has nothing to do with villanova at all but just thought i'd bring it up oi manny mate i've got to ask Matthew, I got to ask, obviously, Kevin Durant scratched at the final uh, the final buzzer, if you will, the last chance that he could start was out there doing all the warm, the, the typical warm ups and workouts that he does prior to the game ultimately does not play. So my question for you, Matthew, was it the right move by Frank Vogel to start Josh Akogi or should Vogel have gone with Jordan Goodwin instead? 
I think in the future it's going to be Jordan Goodwin. I don't know how many times I get texts from nephew Aiden out there saying, Okogi's trash. I know I get it. All right. He's not going to be good until we're actually a fully healthy team. Um, but Goodwin's just playing so much better on both ends of the floor. Or it's like, is he going to be the starter now? going forward if kevin durant misses another game or two do you put him in that position to really come out there just start strong with devin booker in that first team unit i think that's an that's a good opportunity for him to start there but i think right now you got to actually just think like okay let's continue with the kogan bring um goodwin off the bench because he's just playing so good off the bench i don't want to ruin that part of it um i mean what do you think man is it is it is time is time up for a kogi right now until like they actually get healthy and have Beal back and the whole squad in a couple weeks. Well, I think that in these hopefully rare situations that we're facing in which there's no Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal, I think that Goodwin would be the right start here. And that isn't because of his performance tonight coming off the bench because he was really effective on the bench and what he did kind of negates what I thought should happen is I thought that Josh Kogi would be more effective coming off the bench because of what he can give you from an intangible standpoint. Uh, but obviously his offensive numbers have been nothing shy of putrid, uh, as we talked about in the past few podcasts. But my expectations aren't necessarily high for him to be a high offensive productive player. But he was 0-5 and seven, only 17 minutes played tonight because Jordan Goodwin essentially took his minutes from him. Uh, he had three total points. He had four rebounds, a couple of assists had a steal, but was 0 of 5 from the field and 0 of 3 from downtown. I think that's the the frustrating part is just the 0 of 3 from downtown because those weren't just like contested three-pointers as the shot clock was expiring three-pointers. No, these were wide the fuck open three-pointers, and he's just short-arming them and missing them. And that's where I, I understand the frustrations that happen when we see the the chat live when we're, we're conducting the podcast when they talk about Josh Okogie but ultimately his role isn't necessarily that of a consistent offensive producer but some offense would be nice wouldn't it it would be nice and there was one thing he even said um, about him and DeAndre Aiden being <laughs> really good friends right he's the only he, he's the only one from this old team that from the old team that really hung out with him I felt like that was close to him I should have took that as a red flag. You go on the date with the guy. He's like, oh, how he used to be friends with DeAndre Ayton. Okay, well, you're not going to bring it then. You're not going to work on your stuff in the offseason and actually <laughs> work on your threes, work on your mid-range game. Like, I love the Kogi so much where he was my favorite player coming into the season where I'm like, he brings so much more. I'll let that slide. You didn't work on your threes. You just want to make the right plays, but that's not you either. You're always open for three. You have to make sure that that's the next thing you work on and come back next year just that improved because now you have a guy like Goodwin who's going to steal your minutes. And now the fans, like, all season long, they've, they've been on a Kogi's butt nonstop. So it just seems like it's going to be an ending for him soon to really get those important minutes and even starting, I think, as well. I agree. And I think that, yeah, he he a Kogi will always get play on this team because of what he brings from a hustle and a defensive standpoint. Yeah. Was it a great off uh, defensive Night, no, he went against Jalen Brunson, who is one of the premier scorers in the league. The guy just gets buckets. He's averaging 25 points a game. He goes for 35 points tonight on 15 of 25 shooting. Very efficient for Jalen Brunson and 5 of 10 from beyond the arc. He also had 8 assists and 6 rebounds. You couldn't stop Jalen Brunson. The reason the Knicks were in this game was because of Jalen Brunson. It's because Josh Okogie couldn't stop him. I feel like that's the one reason that Vogel opted to put Okogi in the starting lineup. It's like, listen, you're going to take the point of attack in Jalen Brunson, and we need you to be effective on him. And he wasn't, and that's why he only played 17 minutes. But I think that moving forward, even if the situation is similar, I feel like because of the fact that he can bring some offense, I feel like Vogel might opt to put Jordan Dogwin in. Where's my dog? Jordan Dog wins. Uh, there's my dog. It was a hell of a performance tonight from Jordan Goodwin coming off the bench. 29 total minutes played, which nearly matched all the starters. Hell, it surpassed Kata Bates-Diop. He had 14 points. He had five assists. He had seven rebounds, a steal, a block, two of three from beyond the arc, six of 10 overall. But both of those threes were big. One of them was to close out the third quarter, and one of them was late in the fourth quarter. Both of those uh, shots and the the totality of his play tonight is going to garner him even more minutes. We're starting to see more and more minutes for Jordan Goodwin. But again, 
if we're in this rare situation, and I say rare with hope, that Devin Booker is only joined by scrub starters and not Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, I think Goodwin will get the start next to him moving forward. I think so too. And you can even see Goodwin does relieve a lot of pressure for Booker. He doesn't like really set up guys the way Book does, but he does relieve the pressure of just handling the ball in good situations. Cause we all knew even after the last few games where you have, um, we have freaking uh, Eric Gordon in there handling the ball and he's just not really good at setting anybody up, but Goodwin's a little bit better at that part of the game. Also Goodwin, it's 14 points again. This is the third time this year he's hit 14, but it seems like he's taking the big shots that, you would think like a guy like him might pass up or something, but he just doesn't. He kind of has like that confidence now, like little has where he's just going to, he's just going to nail them. And I think there's a few times in the paint where he had those little floaters and stuff missed them, but he's doing better, man. at just improving his overall skill set in all facets. He just is. Um, it's nephew Hayden lets me know constantly. Like I said, I, I get it. I understand this guy's really fucking good. <laughs> and uh, someone put on Twitter too. It's like New York Knicks fans looking up who Jordan Goodwin is. After this yeah. Game. He is that guy to other teams now where it's just like, who's this guy like that just we cannot stop, right? No one knows about him going to the game. So, but everyone knows about him after the game is over. Yeah, he's uh that step back three that he had uh was just it, it was quality. I mean, he juked and got uh I forget who was on him, but I mean left him his tracks and then uh <laughs> That's a great comment by Creepy Carly. <laughs> Those of you who are listening, it says, Yo, Lissy, the middle of your mustache didn't get the memo. <laughs> Anything to I don't respond? think Booker's does either. So <laughs> yeah. all right? I can't let it slide for right now. All right. Yeah. Lissy's just trying to, whatever Booker's doing on his face, like Lissy's doing the same thing. So don't, best. don't hate the player, fire the coach. <laughs> but the, the confidence that Jordan Goodwin's playing with right now is exactly what you need from somebody coming off the bench, somebody, anybody. And we have a couple guys who are doing that. Uh, and I think that that's going to be something that, you know, again, moving forward is going to garner him more minutes. It's going to, as you mentioned, when opposing teams play against us, they're going to take note of who Jordan Goodwin is and be like, damn, that's the kind of guy we need on our team. Because this is back-to-back 14-point performances by Jordan Goodwin. Uh coming off the bench against the Grizzlies in 20 minutes. He had 14 points. Uh, he was six of eight from the field. And as I mentioned, he was six of 10 from the field in this one. So he is shoring up and adding that depth that everybody says that the Phoenix Suns don't have this win tonight back East. Okay. At the garden, East coast bias, least coast bias. They always say that the Suns don't have enough depth. This was a depth win. No Bradley Beal, no Kevin Durant, no Grayson Allen, who's been a valuable member of this team. He was out with an illness. Probably went out to a club last night, got a little too crunk with it in the Big probably Apple. Yeah, he's probably got two hickeys, one on each two side. Hickeys. Yeah, yeah, two hickeys. Aye, aye, aye. And, you know, so he was having a good time, and he wasn't even on the bench because unless he was wearing a turtleneck, you would know, and his mom would know. <laughs> And he'd have to hide him from his mom. He had to get makeup and be like, you know, cover him up. You, <laughs> you know, know what like really works is if you rub it um, uh-huh. with like the back of a chapstick over and over again, it goes away. That's really Mm-hmm. Note yourself. Come, come for the sun's analysis in your next life. The, you're a teenager. The, 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 the hickey analysis. How to hide a hickey analysis from the sun's jam session podcast. But I really enjoyed what we saw from Jordan Goodwin, and I think that again, we we talk about it, and it's you have to understand as when you watch basketball that Jordan Goodwin's not going to score you 14 points every time he comes off the bench. Two consecutive games, great. He's picking up the torch that Nasir Little had for the past week. Okay, and the week before that, it was Drew Eubank. So what the Suns are doing, and that's all you need, is you need to have one guy hit off the bench each night. And you're starting to see, as these guys have had play, and they're starting to understand what their role is and what their defensive and offensive assignments are, is a comfortability that is equating to success in runs by these guys. And you know, you hope that run lasts as long as it can, but understand like it's just like Drew Eubanks. Right, Drew Eubanks had three points tonight. He played 15 minutes. He had uh, four, six total rebounds, uh, and Nasir Little had 11 points. He, you know, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But you're starting to get more and more of this depth acquainted to what this system is, and you're starting to see a comfortability that I think is that we've been waiting for, Matthew. Yeah, and they're um oh, there's the Yaz. We're on the Yaz track. Yeah. I yeah. I really 
if you <laughs> if you look at the Suns, the the bench points compared to the rest of the league, right? They're averaging thirty point six or something like that going into this game, and it's like twenty second in the league. You're like, what? I feel like our bench is doing so good. Well, they're all starting for the Suns, right? Grayson Allen started every game for the Suns this year. Yeah, you have Eric Gordon. Gordon starting all the time, and you have, um, you know, guys in and out of that starting lineup. Even Josh Kogi, like these are guys that when they go back on the bench, then that upset. But it won't be as much. That's the sad thing. It's like Beal comes back, and it's not really sad, but it's like so sad. Bill comes back and he just takes their spots and you're like, oh, I miss Grayson Allen. Oh, I miss Eric Gordon, but I think Eric Gordon will start to remain more of a starter, but Grayson Allen just leaving those minutes out there for Bill to take. It's fine. I know Bill's a lot better, but I'm going to miss Grayson Allen. No, you'll love him when he's coming off the bench and he's still hitting those threes. And you're like, this is the sustained offense that we've been looking for. So real quick, uh, Hayden H in the, in the, and that's not nephew Hayden. Uh, I don't think so. Nope. But a $4.99 super chat. So thank you for donating to the pod. Hayden says, love the pod. Keep doing your thing. Book is him. Well, I'll tell you who was him tonight. That's Eric Gordon. From Indiana University, number 23, Eric Gordon. When they announced prior to the start of the game that Kevin Durant was going to be out, you knew that this was going to be a tough game, Matthew. This is going to be a tough game against a team that it leads the league in total rebounding and is second in the league in offensive rebounding. So the question became, okay, we know Dev Booker is going to get his, and we'll talk about him momentarily, obviously. But who is going to step up next to him? Who was going to be the, the if they were to win this game, who was going to provide scoring next to him? That was Eric Gordon tonight. 33 total minutes, had 25 points, was get ready for it. I got six of nine from beyond the arc. I got nine of 13 from the field, only two assists, only two rebounds, only one block. But that three point shooting, especially to begin the game, I believe he had 12 of the Suns' first like 18 points. Uh, it was a fantastic night from Eric Gordon. He did exactly what he needed to do in his role. Was provide 25 points next to Devin Booker so everyone else could p- fall into their roles appropriately. Yeah, you just cross your fingers and you get Eric Gordon out there just nailing threes, three or three to start, but it's Eric Gordon. You're like, okay, we can expect this, but the rest of the team does basically ride right behind him. They needed that. They needed like just that comfort to know like there is somebody next to Booker that's going to handle the load making shots. I know the rest of the bench did a great job tonight and the rest of the role players as well, but you just need that one extra guy to help Booker and it was Gordon and I think even at times when you're like oh he's gonna come out of the game I wonder if he's gonna be hot nope he comes right back in hits a three he had a few bad turnovers there in the third that really helped the Knicks get back into the game and tie the game and take the lead but other than that those are two huge really shitty just really bad turnovers but other than that he was fantastic tonight obviously you just kind of really seriously I got to cross your fingers like hopefully he can just nail these shots right he can just get hot and he did I think if it goes the other way where he's not hitting those it's a different story obviously and I I don't want to be you know just cliche and be like, Oh, Eric Gordon won the game for the Suns. If it wasn't for him, we would have won. Yeah, obviously. But I'm just saying like, you just don't know what this guy is sometimes, but to start that hot, that quickly, just set the tone for the rest of the game until it got a little bit closer and he still hit some bigger shots. Well, that's what, obviously I was hanging out in New York tonight, you know, the motherfuckers fucking forget about it. <laughs> uh, but when I was doing the subreddit stakeout, that's what the Knicks fans were frustrated with. They're like, listen, Devin Booker was, what, two of eight from the field in the first half, had eight yeah. points. Uh, they're like, shit, man. They're up. I think it was they were up eight or nine at the half, the Suns were. And they're like, it was Eric fucking Gordon. Like, he, the reason that the Suns were in the position they were, knowing that Devin Booker would come around, would what was purely on the shoulders of Eric Gordon. And he continues to be just a, an unbelievable signing and asset to this team. Entering this game, uh, he's averaging 14.3 points per game. After this game, he's now over 40% shooting from beyond the arc. He started 12 of our 17 games. That is unbelievably vital for the Phoenix Suns. The depth that we lacked last season, we all knew it. We knew that we had people who could score, but not consistently like Eric Gordon is. I mean, Eric Gordon's taking fucking 28 footers and sinking them like it's nothing. And when he releases it, you know what's going in, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, there's a kind of hold he could puts on the game where where the trust is just it's there between the teammates and himself, even knowing like if I stand on my spot, get the ball, 
even if there's a defender there, there's not much you can do because he just launches it right over them. They want to give him that space still, which is just, it's absolutely crazy. But I think what Eric Gordon does the best is I think he still tries to draw contact. And I think he'll get there this season where he can maybe get more calls because he's not really getting them. And he has that look on his face. Like I'm going to beat the shit out of you at the ref a few times. Like, if, like that, he doesn't say anything, but he'll just have that look I'm like, damn dude, that's a, that's a look right there for Gordon, but he needs to be a little bit more respected in that way. But he just also has a harder time finishing around the rim. But I think he needs to get more calls going towards uh, maybe towards the middle of the season where he, you know, get a little bit more respect. Agreed there, because if you look total free throws attempted this season, okay, what would you say? What would you guess his total attempted free throws this season was like average per game? No, just no totals. How many free throws has Eric Gordon? He was one of two from the line. So including tonight. Okay. How many total free throws has he shot this season? 20? 14. Damn. 14. He's 11 of 14 from the free throw line. But to your point, he's just not getting the the respect because he does create contact when he does attack. And I think that that's something that will change in time, uh, needs to change in time, because I think that the Phoenix Suns uh, need him to continue to be a multifaceted offensive player, not just a dart thrower from beyond the arc, but you add that element to your game in which you're penetrating and you're getting to the foul line, and it makes you unbelievably dangerous as an offensive player. I'll ask you this question, Matthew. Where would the Suns be without Eric Gordon? Oh, I don't know. That's tough. 500? I think you'd be right. I think we'd be 500. Yeah, I think, I think with a lot of these players we have, that's what's just so insane. Even Grayson Allen, like all these guys step up. Like I can't just say Eric Gordon's the reason for this record because everyone at every other game, every other time is really stepping up in different situations. But yeah, continue. So my next question is how would we be 500 through 17 games? How would we? <laughs> I don't know, a tie. <laughs> these fucking overtime games. I'm so glad we did not have an overtime game. I know, today. me too. I, I was so, I love basketball and stuff, but like sometimes I'm like, dude, overtime just fucking sucks in the NBA. I, there I said well, it. But, I don't care. It sucks. It's boring as hell. It's well, it's not, ju- it's not just that. Like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we write for Bright Side of the Sun, and I'm writing the, the post game recap for bright side tonight. And I'm sitting there and I got everything kind of set up, you know, you know how it is. You're writing it, you're writing your intro, you have your outro done, you're kind of uh, filling in the highlights as they go. But you, you typically about midway through the fourth quarter, you start working on your intro about how this game, what, what you saw in this game and what equated to a victory and or loss to the Phoenix, for the Phoenix Suns. And if they go to overtime, you're like, fuck man, I got to head in a hole. I got to delete like half the things I said. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to start over about, you know, so thankfully like the dude abided And that dude's name was Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. Buddy, Big Dick Booker tonight. 28 total points. Not the greatest shooting of uh, efficiency. He was 10 of 25 from the field. Only one of four from beyond the arc. But that one was a fadeaway 25-foot jumper with a second left to put the Suns up by three, ultimately sealing the victory in New York, I think where they're at, I was like the Golden State Garden. Damn it. Uh, 28 and 11, only two turnovers, Matthew. 28 and 11 for Devin Booker. The narrative is kind of starting for him as an MVP, don't you think? Yeah. You know who's another MVP is Patrick Mahomes. He kind of reminds me of Mahomes now, the way he's winning these games lately. I, I still think he's a little hurt. But Mahomes is always hurt too. He doesn't have any fucking ankles to walk on the way the guy walks. But he's just, he's winning these games, like just grinding away at him, taking his time. It's not ever pretty anymore, right? Um, I think the way Mahomes and the Chiefs win games, I can't really, they won what, 31 to 17, but against the Raiders. But the way they win these games, Christmas lights. Oh, were you? That sounds like fun. I, uh, the way that, the Mahomes actually wins these games and the Chiefs. It's just ugly to watch sometimes, right? But he gets you through it. I think even Booker tonight, where he he found a shot really in the fourth quarter and like he was hitting a few shots, but he also rem- 
members to get everyone involved too because he trusts them. He knows that, hey, that we got here because of these guys. And his shot wasn't falling at all, but he continued to move the ball a lot. Him getting out of the double teams, except for in the fourth, there's a few he had a harder time. He was so good at that, just moving the ball, giving it to Goodwin in certain spots, and he set up the third or fourth guy. And it just it worked. And I think Booker right now is learning that without these big three, without the other two guys, it's going to be difficult, right? He just knows that he can't get down on himself. Take it nice and easy. Things my dad used to say, his one quote, nice and easy, right? Nice. Yeah. He definitely is. And I think even at times tonight, man, the way that the New York Knicks looked offensively on book was just like in those dreams where you just can't move. You just can't get around the screen. She's like, I'm right here, but I can't get you. And Booker's just like taking his time, getting his shot, but it's still not really there yet. Um, there's not a Christmas Christmas. Ooh, Christmas is coming up a crispness to his game Ooh. that he had really before that one block. And I'll say it again. Um, but he's still just, you know, out there making sure that he's making the right play still. And it's even when he starts like in the first half, what do you have like eight points or so, but mm-hmm, he still had like correct. the seven assists. Yes. It's like, damn dude. Like this guy just knows how to run the game right now. He does. And now he's at 29.4 points per game. assists per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 62.8% true shooting percentage. Oh, and the Suns are eight and one in games in which he plays. The only loss was that second game against the fucking Spurs who have not won a fucking game since then, by the way, like the Suns could have two more wins if we just played the Spurs like the rest of the fucking NBA did. Uh, But yeah, not, he's not the MVP, but he's in the, he, he, should be in the MVP conversation. That's all I'm staying. Jokic is the MVP. Jokic is playing out of his fucking mind right now. Okay. Uh, he's, he unlocks everything. He's without a doubt, the best player in the NBA, because you just, you can't game plan against that guy. You take one thing. It's like if Bill Belichick had to defend Nikola Jokic, he would try to wait, try to take away two aspects of his game. And that third aspect is still good enough to where he'd beat you. So if like, Bill Belichick, who's notorious for taking away what opposing offenses want to do. If he tried to stop the playmaking of Jokic and the rebounding of Jokic, Jokic would go for 50. If he tried to take yeah. away the the scoring and the rebounding, he'd pass the, and get 27 assists. Like the guy's unreal. But what I am saying is Devin Booker with the performances that he's put forth this season is definitely worth being mentioned in the MVP conversation. Kevin Durant should be mentioned in that as well. Both of these players are playing fantastic basketball. Fantastic basketball. This team has now won seven in a row. They're currently the third seed in the Western Conference. And based on what happens on Tuesday, the odds are ever in our favor that this team is also going to be the fourth play or play in team the fourth seed the fourth the wild card wild team card. there you go yeah in the in-season tournament all these things are valuable to that most important of things when it comes to mvp conversations and that is the word quote unquote narrative the narrative around devin booker right now is primed for an mvp worthy conversation again when everything's said and done no he's not the mvp of the league but he's the top five guy right now and the league should open up their eyes and, and look. And if they don't, I don't give a shit either. I like not one giving a shit. We have a seven-game win streak. No one will talk about it. They'll go, we'll listen to the Bill Simmons podcast tomorrow, as we always do, Matthew. And he'll talk about how they lost to the fucking Magic. And then Bill just all over fucking Paulo Bancaro tomorrow. That's what the pod's going to be. It's like, hey, Cousin Sal, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the over-unders and how the Patriots suck. And, uh, man, the Magic. <laughs> <laughs> The narrative like you're talking about well, with Bill Simmons is basically like, well, you got to have that center right now, right? But all yeah, it takes is just the most like important a, thing in the league. a guy like Booker. You're like, well, you got to have that guard that plays both ways. Defensively, he's just it's been like, so oh, amazing you, as well. We he's have been incredible. But the real MVP, I think, is Josh Giddy, right? Most valuable pedo. <laughs> all right, I just had to throw it in there. Go. That's so dumb. That's so good. It's, what an awkward game to watch yesterday. Like I love watching the Thunder, but just an, a, a hella awkward game to watch Giddy's Giddy playing. But I mean, no charges, so yet. Um, yeah, I was watching. Uh, I watched the Clippers just fucking dismantle the Mavs last night. That was uh, that was that's impressive. a nice one to watch when it's the Mavs. But you like this tweet that I put out during the game? Jordan Goodwin's nickname might be Sub Zero, but it's J O who's ice cold. Yikes! Yeah, that was a good one. 
That was a good one. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the Nurkalicious dude? Yeah, I love that guy. Nurkalicious definition make them boys go crazy. Oh. Nurkic tonight, 33 minutes played, four of nine from the field. Eight points, 10 rebounds, four blocks, one steal. Nurkic continues, and I said this after the last uh, the last game. A month into him being on the Phoenix Suns, I've never questioned his effort. His athleticism definitely has limitations, but his effort's always there. And again, going against a team in the New York Knicks that has has two guys who rebound over 10 rebounds a game. You have Mitchell Robinson gets, I think, 11 or 12 rebounds a game, and then Julius Randle gets about 10 rebounds a game, but they're both over 11. Mitchell Robinson ended with 11 rebounds. Julius Randle ended with five, and that's because of the effort, not only by Nurkic, but the majority of the team and their, their willingness to crash the boards and be effective there. But Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Nurkic really held his own. And because of that, the Phoenix Suns out-rebounded the New York Knicks by a total of 47-38. to 38. They out-rebounded them on the offensive glass 18-13. to 13. It was another great effort game from uh, Yusuf Nurkic, man. Yeah, the um the defense, New Hope, Manny Nurk's effort on D was noticeably. It was noticeable man. Time. There's that one play where he was playing against uh, who was it? It was Julie, RJ Barrett. Yeah, RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett. Yeah, and RJ Barrett was taking him inside, outside, inside, outside. But Nurk was all over him. But it was RJ Barrett. So I don't, I don't still. know. RJ Barrett, I just uh, a little stinky still. I don't know what his deal is, but I, that I think that um... stink. Nurk, no, he wasn't stinky at all. That he was having fun though. Like they, he was farting around out there. But he was definitely having a lot of fun with those blocks. Uh, there was a few where he would just give the guy a block or a look like, "What? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's cute. You're trying to get a layup." And it was RJ Barrett again. You're trying to get that layup underneath me again. Uh, but his, his blocks, but his competitiveness, like he said, I love it when he's just having fun out there because he just seems like he's so like in sync now with the offense. But defensively, now you're noticing him even more. Where you said he like holds his own, which he does because underneath in the paint. He just he knows he can't jump the guy right, but he's gonna hold his own underneath the paint, tip the ball out if he needs to. Um, when going in this game, we thought like, oh, um, Randall, um, you know, Mitchell, like those guys are huge, right? We're gonna have a hard time, but it's never really a problem right now. Like I know we look at the size issue, especially with Kevin Durant's out, and we didn't know if Eubanks was gonna be in this game, which he didn't do too good tonight. Um, but Nurks just. He's like, I'm cool, dude. I'm playing every fucking game. I love playing with Booker. The screens and stuff, everything he's doing, the hard-ass screens he sets, like those are huge. Um, but everything he's doing on the floor right now is just perfection to me. I love it. Nice and red and sweaty. Love it. <laughs> he's he's definitely starting to understand his role in Frank Vogel's defensive schemes. And I think that could be said for the majority of the Suns. And when we look at what Frank Vogel's done, we will annoy you. Frankie, Frankie Vogel, Frankie, Frankie Vogel, Frankie Vogel, Frankie Vogel. Frank Vogel's defense entering this game has the 18th defensive rating. But when you start to break down some of the metrics, there's some things that I'll, that you find kind of interesting. One, this team leads the league in blocks. They average 6.9 blocks a game, Matthew. They had 11 tonight. Okay? You take a look wow. at... Yeah. I mean, this team... I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. This is not a team that you look at and you go, wow, we've got a shit ton of shot blockers. But what you have are at the way that James Jones constructed his defense is you have long defenders. Kata Bates Diop, okay? Not the greatest game from him offensively. He went 3 of 11 from the field, but he had a block. He had a couple steals. Nurkic had four blocks. Devin Booker had two. Nasir Little had two. So yeah. these are guys who are just long and and deflect the ball. 
Some other interesting statistics and in Frank Vogel's defensive schemes is we allow the least amount of defensive rebounds in the league. We, we allow the least amount of total rebounds in the league. Now, part of that has to do with the fact that the Suns are a decent shooting team, so there's less rebounds. But if you look at perimeter defense, we have the seventh lowest three-point percentage I'm sorry, sixth lowest three-point percentage against us, seventh lowest three-pointers attempted against us. Uh, There's one other one I wanted to hit there. Defensive rebounds, total rebounds, personal fouls. We we get the second fewest. We foul the second fewest. Mm. So There's a lot of little things. Although the defensive rating isn't great, there's some things that you're starting to see unlocked inside this defense. And as uh, Kevin Ray was stating numerous times on, on the broadcast tonight, this is a hard defensive scheme to comprehend, let alone execute. We're starting to see it kind of come to fruition. The thing that was bothering us even just a week ago with the Utah Jazz games, you're starting to see a little bit more where the Suns are locking down, are knowing where they're supposed to be, are cutting off uh, – not great players like Jalen Brunson is going to get to where he wants to go, but like RJ Barrett, that's a great example. They're cutting off the lane. So he can't just drive and attack the cylinder. at will. we're, we're closing out better on the perimeter and we're deterring those shots. We're let, we're allowing less wide open shots. Are you seeing the same thing or am I just high? No, no, it's all coming together. And I texted uh third time bringing up nephew Hayden. I'm like, you can just start. I, see- is he watching the show? Cause he, he so. yeah, he does. He gives me a few pointers. He's like, Hey, here's a, Here's a website to visit to get some stats there, Matthew, if you need some what, help. What oh, website? Thanks, buddy. Oh, Stat News. Everyone. Oh, yeah. Stat News. Yeah, but I give him a few. I'm like, yeah, use these ones too. Um, Nephew Hayden, you're for watching. Say hi in the chat. Nephew Hayden. Hey, Indy. Hey, hey. Not um, us him, him to us. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, it is coming together, I feel like. Um, But Nazlittle has been incredible defensively. But I was like, thinking today i'm like i don't remember how many times i've seen a block on this team where it's a fast break going the other way i feel like every time this team gives up a steal or or they give up a turnover and the other teams head down the other way like oh there's no way it's like guys come out of nowhere even nurk tonight had the fast break i know it was a little slow and it was like the guy <laughs> trying to get break. a little layup underneath them it's a little slow break but these guys i feel like are always hustling and like you said earlier book had two blocks tonight book has been under the radar that good defensively where he's kind of just leading this team and his blocks too. I, I see him like every game. Like, so it isn't, it is kind of weird to first hear like, Oh, they're number one in the league block shots. But then also it's like, well, yeah, there's a lot of fast break blocks, Booker blocks, a Kogi good one out there. You Durant. have Nazir little now you have Durant, you have Eubanks out there. Nurk when he can, Nurk's always contesting the rim. I don't know how he gets up there, but he sometimes will get those blocks. So yeah, it makes sense, man. I'm just I it's awesome that this is a good defensive team without the offense really being its full self yet. Yeah, it's it's not a a good it, it is a good defensive team. It's not a That's great good, defensive yeah. team yet. Not but yet. you're starting to see the breadcrumbs of Frank Vogel's system cuz this was a good team. Like I I will I will I will say this. The past week, this winning streak over this past week has have been against some subpar teams. Like you're supposed to beat the Grizzlies. You're supposed to beat the jazz twice. Okay. You're supposed to do these things. Uh, Golden state was a good win. This was a really good win on the road in the garden against a defensively minded team that rebounds the shit out of the ball. It's like, again, another football analogy. Apparently, you know, we're talking about Pat Mahomes being the MVP and bill Belichick's defenses. Uh, but the Knicks are kind of like a team that knows how to run the ball and play defense. Right, like that's their strength. They're gonna just beat the shit out of you physically. And the Suns, they brought it to them tonight. And I thought that that is part of what Frank Vogel's identity wants to be said in the in the on media day before the season began. He's like, we want to be scrappy as hell. This was a scrappy as hell win for the Phoenix Suns. And they're gonna obviously their next game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, they're going and they're going to be playing the Toronto Raptors, and they're gonna have to be scrappy again because that's a long team. That isn't necessarily a great team. They're they're a 500 team, but they're uh, but they're going to be forced to have to play in that same manner. Uh, Suns, or I'm sorry, Biscuit and the Bears said a little bit earlier, and this is true. So far, 
The Suns beat the number one defensive team, which was the Wolves, and just now out-rebounded the number one rebound team. They're playing good basketball right now. They're playing damn good basketball. Yeah. When do we play the Pacers? Good, I don't know. That's a good number one offense. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a good test against Halbert and that team. How good yes. we can play defensively against them. Agreed. And uh, Vogel will definitely bring that because that was his incubator, was the Indiana Pacers for a while. Another thing that I saw on the offensive end was some smart basketball relative to holding on to the ball. Okay, obviously that's something that we've talked about numerous times through the front end of the season is how the Phoenix Suns have definitely had their issues when it comes to turnovers. Um, they now are currently at 25 or what is it? 15.4 turnovers per game. Okay, it's the sixth most in the league. But that number started to drop. And one of the things that I noticed today is they're not forcing the issue in transition as much as they have in the past. I feel like in the past, they'd get a rebound, they'd get out real quick, they get too far ahead of themselves, and they would turn the ball over. Tonight, they had 13 turnovers again, uh, but they only allowed 14 points off of those turnovers. There was an off- a couple times offensively where in the break, they were pulling the ball out and just getting the best shot, best possible shot. And the difference between now and a little bit earlier in the season as well is not only were they focused on getting the best possible shot, but they were also knocking down that shot as well. And that's where that growth is starting to come. The confidence is coming in the understanding of what your role is and how you're supposed to execute within the confines of your role is. And we're seeing that from the Suns right now, obviously because uh, seven in a row, it feels so fine. Yeah. Well, even in the first half, man, like they, they had the 16 assists, 13 offensive rebounds, but they had the five turnovers. Yeah. But in that first quarter, it was like almost so flawless. Like even in the second quarter combined, like that was the best basketball I've seen this team play all year. It was that first half I felt like without our two stars, but just the way they maintained that lead, the way they did, actually handled the ball pretty well. I know the five turnovers is a little too much, maybe, but compared to what they've been doing, this was I think the best game they played in the first half. Second half in the third quarter kind of fell apart a little bit, but just that first half, man, I don't know if you can ask for anything else from everybody on the court from what they did in that first half. Yeah. Again, like you said, without two stars, that's absolutely paramount. We did have the return of Yuta, the shooter, and he actually shooted the ball. Utah, the shooter. Yuta Wananabi and I had seven points in 15 minutes, two of four from beyond the arc. Uh, didn't look completely lost on defense. It was nice to see Yuta Wananabe hit a couple threes, man. Like he came in, yeah. filled his role, played 15 minutes, knocked down two threes. That's all you need from the guy. You don't need him to play 27 minutes and look like fucking animal on uh, the Muppet Babies on defense. Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what he looks like. Well, he also looked like that uh, that one meme with uh, the Joker going across the street where he gets thrown across the street or whatever and just starts rolling on the street. Uh, he looked like that defensively. His first possession against uh, Jalen Brunson where he just was falling all over himself, got hit, and he just flew backwards, dude. I'm like, oh, here we go. You just <laughs> yeah. back defensively. But he did a little bit better later in the game. But, yeah, he hit some big threes. It's just whenever it's a time where he needs to make a play, he's unable to finish really. Uh, across the lane he had one when Book was doubled. He drew the foul on a really good shot. So that was a good point um, in the game for him. But it seemed like it was a better game. Him coming back, I wasn't too excited, kind of, just because I like to see Little. I like to see Metsu in there. Uh, to mm-hmm. see Metsu can actually blossom into something this year. Um, but with you being back and you play too many minutes, to just kind of keep it that way, I hope. Yeah, I agree. It's like 12 to 15 minutes is kind of that money zone for you to come in, hit a couple threes, and carry the fuck on with your life. You mentioned Metu, and he got some play tonight, and I think this is the best game he's played thus far this yeah. season. Hey, I just Metu. And this is crazy, but here's my number. Four. So call me maybe. What I like that Frank Vogel did in this game was he brought in Chimetsi Metu, who only played 13 minutes, but he had eight points. He was two of two from beyond the arc, three of three from the field, had four rebounds as well. But he came in and he played him at the four. He wasn't coming in small ball five in him. He brought him in with Drew Eubanks, which allowed him to space the floor 
and focus on being that perimeter player that we saw in the preseason and we were excited about in the preseason. This was the best game that he's had in the limited time that he's played thus far this season, isn't it, Matthew? Yeah, I think so. I think um, even in the um, in the I forget which quarter it was, but he was playing on heart basically the whole quarter, and it was he came in at the four, like you said, next to Eubanks, but he just has that length and he's so much more taller, obviously. So that was when Udo was playing so bad. I'm like, just put Metsu in his spot, see what happens. Um, it kind of was like that. It just reminded me of like Metsu or. Um, it reminded me of like a high schooler playing and like he's like a foot taller than everybody else because that's the way Mitsu looked against uh, Josh Hart because he was just that much bigger, that much longer yes. than him. He had that little spurt where he had five straight points. He hit the three, the fadeaway three. Then he had that little nice runner. Um, but even in that position, like he's just that much longer and taller and he's smooth with the basketball. Um, I'm just more excited to see more minutes. Like I don't think it's like the best we can see yet from Metsu. Um but he still does struggle against the bigger guys down low, obviously with Randall just manhandling him as much as he could down there. He couldn't do anything about it. So in those instances, it kind of sucks to watch Metu. Um, but I just think that you're going to see more minutes. You're going to see him improve this year. And I've always been on him this year. I always thought that he was something that could really, some guy that could bring something to this team that's just different, something that's versatile that I don't know what it is yet because it's just so random with the guy, right? He's just nothing. You start him at the four, but is he a four? Is he a three? Is he a five? I don't know what he is. He's just kind of random, but I like his game. I trust him out there. And defensively, he's kind of sketch a little bit, but he's better offensively than you do, I feel like. Yeah, and I think that his turn will come as well. Like I said, Jordan Goodwin's on a heater right now. Nasir Little is kind of still on his heater. Uh, Drew Eubanks was on a heater earlier. The Metu heater is coming. There's going to be a week where he's going to come out and he's going to get 15 points in a game. He's going to have eight rebounds. He's going to play 25 minutes and it's going to be uh, the Metu coming out party. And then he'll kind of fade away because that's what you need role players to do is to fill a role. And the role could be tonight. You're going to go out there. You're going to give me 15 minutes. You're only going to get two points because you're not going to get the shots. But as long as you affect the game in a positive manner, if you grab a couple key offensive rebounds or you block a shot and negate an offensive uh, or, or the opposing team from scoring, that's defined as success in that role. So his his opportunity is coming as well. And uh, I yeah, I like that last one where it says he just needs to play some D to stay uh, in the game. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think yeah. they have to hide him sometimes because he just keeps his hands up, but he's not really a shot blogger. I don't know. I just need when, to the, when the matchup is right. When the matchup is right, I think that like we're going to get a mix. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Completely agreed. A shout out to Magic Man in the chat. He says, "Sup guys, keep up the good work." Seven in a row and gave us two dollars and seventy nine cents Canadian. So nice. Oh, I think uh, I think Love the exchange it. rate to that American is like three thousand dollars. So oh, really, really, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> the nice thing about this game being an early game is i have some extra time i can finally and i've saved a bunch of these of like in-game clips to where i can actually ch update a lot of these uh drops <laughs> like tonight like three. i just looked down at 734 i'm just like oh hell yeah i still got it's on my to-dos i've just been so busy i've been putting up christmas lights i cut open you know i took apart a big cabinet in my garage and broke it apart and took it to the dump. And then there was like a little mold spot on the wall. So now I'm like cutting open the Surprise. wall and mold and, you know, let no good deed go unpunished. So instead of like tending to my work, which is like making drops with Nasir Little's face on them, uh, <laughs> I'm like doing handyman work around the house the way it should be. But Nasir Little continues to be unbelievably effective. Only 20 minutes played was four or nine from the field, three or six from downtown, 11 points, two rebounds, two blocks. As I mentioned before, uh, the energy that he brings, he, he he's he's a fuck shit up guy, dude. He's in the the the, the fuck shit up guy fraternity because he comes in and with his length and his energy, he's he's fucking shit up. And I'm thoroughly enjoying it, and I love it. I absolutely love what we're seeing from Nasir Little, not just tonight, but over this heater that he's been on during this winning streak. Yeah, all this heater talk. I just want to smoke now, you know, a little mm. cigarette, you know, just a uh, little cigarette. Yeah, Little looks like a um, he looks like an eel, doesn't he? He look every time it's his eyes, man. Like he just he's he's the leader of the fuck shit up guy house or whatever it is, whatever they're living in. He's the leader of it, dude. I I think he is. He's already moved up to that spot, but he looks like an electric eel. Um, but he's always in position, man. Like if it's on the run on the fast break, or just you know, um just if it's if it's any time that he needs to make a play, he needs to help out book, and even tonight with Eric Gordon, he'll make sure that he's in the right spot, right? He's not always gonna get the, the shot. But he's always in the right spot. Yeah. Even on 
even on the transitions, man. He just knows where to be. That's the best part of him. Oh, no, it's not. Because the best part is his defense. I just think that he – there's like a – there was one play where like it was him, Nurk, and I think Metsu was down there too. And they just were like – Randall and Mitchell were down there, and they're just going at it, block shot after block shot, just like not fouling, just like contesting those shots. It's just – he plays so well with anybody on the court, I feel like. And he plays good at – even if you had to put him at the four, maybe in a pinch, like I feel like he can even handle himself there. Yeah, he has that athleticism and looks like an eel, it appears. So, John Tran in the chat, Nasir Latil. He does look like an eel. That's his animal. For uh, sure. That's pretty funny. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Fucking shit. Uh oh, here we go. Got shades, got the stuff falling off. Our pets' heads are falling off. John put on a wig. Looks like he's doing his Dolly Parton impression. She got her hair dyed. That was my most unsmooth transition to the subreddit stake out. Look, look like Kurt Cobain, man. I'm just trying to trying to fit. Uh, got to get my New York accent. <laughs> fucking forget about it. You fucking son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> New York, that's it. That's a New York accent right there. No, New York is more like, I want to be like, oh my God, fucking the New York Knicks. Let me tell you about the Knicks tonight. I was on the subreddit stakeout for the fucking Knickerbockers. And they, there's just a ton of Julius Randle hate. I mean, if every fuck, oh, I do look like Howard Stern. You do. Uh, yeah. oh, I wish I could do a Howard Stern fucking accent. I haven't tried his, so I'll go back to my the fucking Knicks. Uh, everyone hates Julius Randle, the poor fucking guy. He's just out there trying to win b- basketball games by disappearing for three out of the four quarters. Uh, but here's some things that that was said on the subreddit stakeout for the fucking the New York Knicks. Okay, uh, old dudes always roasting us, you know, talking about that Eric Gordon. They go, Eric Gordon's about to drop fifty again. Okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Nurkic is a beast. Imagine him and Joker still together. That would like be awesome in Denver. They're clearly trying to shut down Booker by double teaming him, but are underestimating his teammates who are killing us on ball movement and out rebounding the Knicks. This is because the Giants won today. Knicks shooting like they were up all night clubbing, drunk ass mofos. (laughs) <laughs> Julius Randle with the Lakers right now would be dominant. Only LeBron can fix this guy. Then somebody came in and was like, first time Randle owner in fantasy. What is wrong with him, Knicks fans? This man is putting in zero effort, just casually jogs around. Somebody replied, you must be new here. Devin Booker wants NBA teams to get 15 challenges per games based on his reactions. Brunson better than Booker. Argue with your mother. (laughs) And then the last one. God had been shitting on the Knicks for 17 years. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a subreddit. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. on how to do the accent as you're doing it like push your lips out more everyone's giving you instructions on how to do the accent and stuff oh, calling it boston and all that the whole time but is that like, a boston accent a lot of boston i don't know i i it sounds like uh bill Pocky Bird cat have it yad boston's yeah, maybe maybe that was more boston ah, well, i was going for was, like, I, I was like, a like an old in new york lady i've dealt with many of them in my life in korean working in hospitality if you do a good job i'll give you a whole quota <laughs> like a quarter go fuck yourself yeah it's like a new home man you listen to soprano okay just everyone's so critical i think we need to go back to listen to sopranos for a new york new jersey accent uh, what you're doing is not it. Okay, I tried. Okay, a little, a little snobby over here, you guys. Jeez, Jeez. Boston, Bostonian, Aust- Boston Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I guess, on, I guess on that note, we'll just fucking jam start. Jam.
am star of the game. Fuck your mother. Uh, who are you giving the, oh, I gotta pull up the thing. Who are you giving the jam star to, man? Uh, I don't care what you have to say, chat. What your jam star is on this one, okay? Yeah. How about that one, okay? Who's got the fucking funny accent now? Sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself, right? Yeah, you fucking fuck yourself. How about how about fuck yourself? I'll give it to Booker. Yeah, you gotta game give it winner. to Booker because because the no game way. winner, right? Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't get it, then you gotta give it to Eric Gordon or maybe Agreed. Goodwin. Maybe Goodwin, dude, because he plays so good tonight. Yeah, agreed. But but Devin Booker hit the money shot. That's the highlight. That's the highlight that people are going to be talking about tomorrow morning uh, in the basketball world because that was at Madison Square Garden. Big shot. Yeah. Uh, big time. So big time. Yeah, I think we we give it to to Devin Booker. Next game, five thirty. A weird start time, five thirty. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but not a game until Wednesday, which is. You know, I, I think we can talk about this game a little bit and at the same time talk about, obviously, the fact that Kevin Durant was not out. We didn't talk about that very much. But I think that you look at the state of where the Suns are. Entering this game, they were tied for the third best uh, record in the Western Conference, I believe. Uh, yeah, after, they were. After Dallas lost last night, they got pwned by the Los Angeles Clippers. It's like the first time I sat and watched the whole Clippers game, and there's fucking going ape shit all over the the maps i'm like oh shit this team's really good i'm like i know that defensively they're gonna have their challenges but and whatnot um but going into this game you're the third in the western conference and you're taking a look at it and you're like listen if we can give kevin durant tonight off the suns are off the next two days monday and tuesday they're gonna fly into toronto and chillax i think it was the right move to sit kevin durant in this circumstance especially considering we won yeah, I think so too. Uh, especially against the Toronto team, like you'll have the rest, but obviously, like they won two in a row. But they they kind of have been the same Toronto team, where it's just like, what do you want to do? You want to you want to like actually win some games? You want to go for the playoffs, play in maybe, or else you want to just kind of break down and maybe get a good draft pick. Scotty Barnes is playing better. Um, that's all I really know because I know like last year was such an off year. I've always been a big Scotty Barnes fan. He's really yeah. turned it around, kind of like a most improved player kind of season so far for him. But I think it's a team like the Knicks where you can kind of, you know, if you have KD back healthy, you can probably beat them by like 10 or 12, right? Um, obviously, that's a difference in tonight's game where you don't have the KD to push that lead to 12 or 15 points and really just kind of end it with five minutes left in the in the fourth quarter. Next game, KD back. You can kind of handle this team, I feel like. You take a look at the Raptors, 8-8 eight and eight currently. They are the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. They're glaring... Uh, strength is their assists. They're second in the league in assists, but it's interesting because it kind of comes from everybody. Dennis Schroeder leads the team in assists with 6.6, and then Scotty Barnes with 5.8, Pascal Siakam with 5.3, uh, Jakoperto with 2.4, and then Preston Achuo with 2.4. So it's a team that definitely makes their living on ball movement. So that weak side defense, that perimeter defense of the Phoenix Suns needs to be sharp in an effort to negate offensive production from the Toronto Raptors in this game. Uh, looking at their offensive and defensive rating in this one, offensive rating, they're 23rd in the league. Defensive rating, they're 11th. So, uh, you know, a, a kind of a balanced team, a team in the middle, a team that no one really knows if they're going to be buyers or if they're going to be sellers come the trade deadline because they are kind of a team stuck in the middle. They thought they were going to be big sellers last year. They weren't. Uh, they've, you know, OG Ananobi's on this team, a name that a lot of people have been really interested in relative to the Phoenix Suns in the past. Um, so it definitely a winnable game for the Phoenix Suns. And I'm going to predict that the Suns win this game as well, Matthew, and the winning streak goes to eight games. I, I, yeah, and uh, I just think the Suns right now, they're really finding themselves. Obviously, it's a seven-game win, winning streak. I for, Did I predict a 20-game win streak this season? Or I don't, I don't remember. Maybe it was 20 or something. This happened to happen sometime. Um, but I'm not like the Aussie Suns fan podcast where i think is it who was it boyd that predicted the six game win streak or something yeah predicted a a 10 gamer um but he was off okay sons won their watch party yes uh uh, i'm not going to their watch party but if anybody who is watching or listening the show resides in australia this upcoming uh, saturday saturday 2 p.m starts at 12 o'clock in melbourne at some place uh, just follow the Aussie Suns fan on Twitter. It'll tell you exactly where it's at. They're having a watch party. Alan Williams might show up. Uh, they have some cool Suns gear, a 
signed Devin Booker basketball that they're giving away. So make sure you visit uh, the Aussie Suns fan Twitter page that, and actually the Phoenix Suns retweeted it before the game about all the information about that watch party. It's going to be the Friday night against the Denver Nuggets game here in Phoenix. It's going to be noon there where they're going to start at the game starts at 2 PM. So uh, the sporting globe, Richmond, um, Richmond, Virginia, apparently is where it's going to happen. Uh, so again, if you're an Australian fan, get to Melbourne. Like this is your trek. This is your mission. This is your quest. If you will, it's like playing Skyrim and you're going on a quest and the end quest is you're hanging out with drunk Gavin and drunk. You're really drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, Hey guys, call me for being such twats. And then, uh, and Nate's there just like without a shirt on, uh, without sleeves and just walking around, just flexing the whole time. He'd be like, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Everyone's like, oi, oi, oi. Yeah, you can go. You probably get really drunk, obviously. Hang on, have a good time. You might wake up with your butthole hurting. So just last time we all hung out. So well, I mean, that's what Gavin promised Boyd twice. So <laughs> make sure you guys hang out with that. But that's gonna be a big game. I mean, obviously, the game on Wednesday against the Raptors is one, but the first time we play the Denver Nuggets is this upcoming Friday. So uh it's Melbourne. I'm pronouncing everything wrong, fuckers. Okay. In the chat that I like, it's Melbourne, not Melbourne. You like know, what, I your, think your just, fucking accent just is required. I think we're getting too big for our britches here. And then we have some people in here that are just, you know, micromanaging us now. I don't like it. Just, just, I'm going to do my accents the way I want to do my accents and say <laughs> yeah. what I want to say the way I want to say it. That's why I started a podcast. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Matthew? And I go and make some new drops and cut open some more drywall. No, I'm good, man. All right. Go, well, go home, love your family. Boom. Oops. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.